Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, a brand new show for you on this Wednesday, February 23rd, year of science 2020. Science! All health science. It is right to give science thanks and praise, and it's right for you kids to be with us today because we have a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, two words make the whole show worthwhile. What? Steve motherfucking Ashton. That's four words. Oh, I guess that would be, yes. <laughs> All right, Steve Ashton <laughs> will be on hand with the UK update. I got to say, I haven't laughed as hard as I have in this oh, one really? in a long time. Okay. Yeah, so I think you guys will enjoy it as well. Also on Wednesdays, we take a look at a smash hit song, and the artist who created it. This is truly a one-hit wonder today. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. Something from the 90s, a little oh, more recent okay, than some okay. of our one-hit wonders. Uh, entertainment news, phone calls, so much show for you. You're going to be glad that you tuned in to The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. You're paying for the bone. That's right. <laughs> paying for the bone. Don't we always? In the words of the inimitable... <laughs> Eddie Pants, let's get the introductions out of the way. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, also known as the Magic Machine. The Magic Machine. Mm, Ralph Garman. Yeah, I like my new nickname. You I need, never, you I never have nicknames. You need the jacket. You have to. Get I gotta the get. I gotta get a satin Magic Machine jacket. Doesn't work without the jacket. I'm thinking black satin. Black satin. Gold or red lettering on gold. the back? Gold. You gold, think? yes. Yeah. Gold. Kind of like that uh, Rocky Balboa yes. look. <laughs> Please. That's a good look. With a gold inliner. Oh, yeah. And a jacket. That's a yes. good idea. All right. We'll get to work on that. <laughs> that voice you hear with me here in the Batcave is the Rear Admiral himself, the Sheriff of Ghost Town. Some folks call him. Holy God. Holy God. We just call him Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. What's new, Pants? What's going uh, on in your world? Nothing really. Nothing. Just, huh? you know, it's the middle of the week. Hmm. Just, you know, hmm. trying to get through it. It is a hump day. Just trying to make it work. People have been asking how you feel and how's your knee? How's your side? Everything healed up? Um, I'm go I think I'm going to go to the doctor and, uh, and have him look at the knee. Oh boy, the knee's still problematic. It's just, it gets so stiff. Like just driving over here and the 10 minutes it takes to drive over here, it takes me like a minute to get it loose once I get out of the car. Hmm. I don't know what it is. It's the that back of the knee. It might just be a strain. It could be a strain. Is there, is there pain or just stiffness? It's very stiff and sore in the back of the knee. I don't know if it, I hope it's not like arthritis. That would suck. Well, probably not. Due to an injury, it's probably a meniscus <sighs> tear know. or something so, like that. I might go get it checked. I out. had that after my skiing accident. Oh, that's right. For you did about a that. year. <laughs> but eventually your body adapts, I think, and you learn how to walk differently or something. Yeah, but I think that's bad. I think it's bad when that happens. It's not ideal. But I went to the guy and I got the MRI and he said, yeah, it's really, and you're not a candidate for surgery. 
So we're going to just have to give you PT and all this thing. I was like, oh, so you didn't PT. that shit. Fuck that. No, you just learned to walk different. I'll, I'll do my own PT. <laughs> well, see, it's starting, my lower back is starting to like tighten up on me because I think my, my gait's off oh. from the limp of the knee. So You're a mess. it's affecting everything. Oh, so I got to get it fixed. Oh. Well, look into that. So I'm going to. Thank and if you. you. And if any guard members out there who aren't doctors have advice. Please, let me know. <laughs> like me, feel free to send it Eddie's way. I'm willing to listen. Uh, me, I'm just saving lives. That's all I What'd do. What'd you do? Saving, How'd you save a life? Just saving lives. Goldfish lives or real no, lives? No, real human lives. Just okay. saving them. <laughs> Last night, I was in my kitchen. Uh-huh. And I've got a window at my kitchen sink. Yeah. That looks out to the side of the house with uh, my faces, my next door neighbor's side mm-hmm. of the house. Most houses, yes. Yes. So I'm doing my business there in the sink. <laughs> Wait, that sounds awful. No, it was just. You're checking just, it in the sink. I, no, I was washing a dish or something. It was benign. <laughs> well, that's what you call it? It was benign, I promise. And I glance up and there are 12 foot flames licking the side of my neighbor's house. Oh, shit. It is an inferno. The orange glow of fire everywhere in between the houses. And wow. I shit myself first of course, yeah and then i quickly dropped what i was doing and ran out the door and knocked pounded on the neighbor's door because i don't know if they were even home you didn't take the time to put the batman outfit on no i didn't i was like how how would they you know how would they not know if they were home so i'm thinking if they're not home i gotta spring into action yeah and call the fire department but i didn't want to wait for the fire department because it looked bad right so uh luckily they were home and i'm like jeff your house is on fire we roll around to the side and it turns out that he had dumped his barbecue coals into the trash can. Oh. And one of them was not as out as he thought. I would wait at least a week before I dumped my barbecue. Well, now you wet them down and then you uh, throw them in, no. in the trash. Wait. So one had smoldered and then sparked and then caught the entire trash Dude. can on fire. And it was raging inferno right up against the side of his house. So the flames were licking the wall working their way to the roof. So he grabbed himself a handy-dandy fire extinguisher and was able to put it out. That could have been bad had you not been taking care of business in the sink. I'm telling you, if I had been jerking, (laughs) I'm washing a dish into the sink. um, Real bad. It could have been bad. I'm so glad that I was happy. uh, Happy. I was lucky enough to to notice it when I did. So we got the situation under control. That's. But he called me up afterwards like, I don't know how to thank you. And I was like, well, here's a list. What's your wife doing? (laughs) I didn't. Weirdo. I didn't. Weirdo. It's not weird. It's neighborly. It's not neighborly. Sharing is caring. What what neighborhood do you live in in Utah? (laughs) I live in in my pants neighborhood. Jesus. Pantsville. (laughs) So that's just me saving lives. That's all. Good for you. Well, happy to do it. That's the neighborly thing to do. could have burned your house down, too. That's what I was more concerned about. (laughs) Those flames (laughs) jumped the fence. (laughs) I was really more worried about me. But uh, we got it under under control. So there you go. There's oh, my wow, story. Bravo. I would say I would consider myself the citizen of the week. Yeah, I think I, you're in the running for sure. But I looked at the official uh, rules and regulations, yeah. and I am not eligible for citizen of the week. Even if someone else nominates you? And even if. Wow. Apparently, uh, according to the International <laughs> Bylaws Committee of, Ralph Report. of uh, Citizenship, I am no longer uh, eligible. Well, that's so, too bad. But we have to give it to someone. Yeah. So let's give away our citizen of the week. This citizen was nominated both by Anthony Moreno and uh, Ashley Gotts. I appreciate them sending me this story. And it's got an, uh, a Winter Olympic angle, too. Oh, okay. So it's timely as Fresh. today's headlines, yes. Our citizen of the week is Remy Lindholm, 
Finnish skier Remy Lindholm is this week's official Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. Because of his dedication to his sport, his toughness, his uh, tenacity, I was really impressed by this guy. The Winter Olympics 50K men's ski race. This yeah. is a, a cross-country skiing race. Okay. So you got to get on your skis and just haul ass. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the conditions were so extreme, this was on Saturday apparently, that it was delayed by an hour. They were trying to wait for the winds and cold to die down. It didn't, so they shortened it to a 30K to protect the participants. So off goes Finland's Remy Lindholm. He was able to finish the race in about one hour and 16 minutes. However, that uh, didn't win him the race. I think he finished uh, 28th out of the 61-man field. Um, But he did it in a style with which I think he should have gotten bonus points. Don't they have like a degree of difficulty uh, scoring thing They should in the Olympics? if they don't, yeah. Uh, he was wearing very thin layers of clothing mm-hmm. because you don't want any wind resistance when you're skiing. No. And the uh, clothing didn't protect him from the cold and wind. And that's when he realized he was suffering a rather unusual injury, Eddie Pence. Oh. He was what? suffering from... What? What could it a be? A frozen penis. That sounds awful. Frozen penis. What's frozen penis? You can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished, Lindholm told the Finnish media. So he probably said, you can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished. It was one of the worst compar- competitions I've been in. He was just about battling through. So his team got him uh, across the finish line, and that's when they put a heating pack on his genitals after the race to try to warm him up. That's when things got bad. Oh, no. They got worse? When the body parts start to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. Oh, God. So his, oh, God. Uh, his penis was severely damaged by the cold oh. and wind, and he finished 28th out of 61. This, by the way... Not the first time this has happened. To him? To Lindholm. Wow. He suffered the same injury during a race in his native country last year. Put a sock year. on it or something, That's man. That's what I'm Jesus. thinking. Jesus. How many times do I have to get a frozen penis before, Once. before I One start time. to alter my costume? One my, time. My uniform for the race. You, one time. That's it. I don't care how. Look, he finished 28th. So if I'm not at the top of my sport... I'm wearing a fur jock strap. I'm, uh, I don't care what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounding Fuck. myself with bubble wrap yeah. and get hot, a wool sock and wrap the thing up. I'm pouring hot chocolate down my pants every kilometer. <laughs> I'm so, wrapping it in donuts, man. Yeah. So it Fuck. was, uh, it was horrible. And he still, for an hour and 16 minutes, just oh. trudged on with a frozen penis. But he, he came in 28th with a frozen penis. Yes. With, with like a, a, a warm penis, he probably wins. Maybe. After two frozen penises, I, th- I think it's, it's on Remy to change something about his, uh, his athletic gear. But that's all I know. Anyway, so congratulations, Remy, for your uh, fortitude and for the fact that you don't let a frozen penis slow you down, sir. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you this week's Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. All right, let's turn our attention to the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us, especially when you leave your voicemail messages on the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. You just got to dial up the number, 1-833-Hey-Ralph. 
Then you can leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments, anything that's on your mind. I listen to every single one of your calls, and then I grab a handful that catch my attention, and we put them here in Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Over the weekend, I don't know if you saw it on uh, social media or not, but I tweeted out that I finally was able to watch The Kingsman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Tracy responded to you, I believe. Because it was on um, streaming. It's on Hulu, I think. The first time this weekend on Hulu. I think Mm -hmm. HBO had it as well. I I watched it on Hulu. And I know you had mentioned you saw it when you guys were down there in Myrtle Beach. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. (laughs) So this call came in and I found it interesting. Hey, Ralph. Yo, Odie. What's up, crew? Hope you're feeling better. Uh, this is Kevin from Huntington Beach. I just wanted to call in and actually get your opinion, Ralph. Um, I think on previous episodes you've discussed the Kingsman movies um, with Taron Egerton and I think that's his name. Um, and how great the first and second were. Um, really enjoyed those movies. You know, they, they didn't take themselves too seriously and it was really fun and entertaining to watch. But then you've got The King's Man, the prequel with Ray Fiennes. And it is hot garbage. My wife and I tried to watch it over the weekend because we hadn't seen it yet. And so we started watching it. And it is just awful. When you go from the first two films and then, you know, go into this movie expecting to see something fairly similar, it's just going to be a prequel version of how they set up, you know, the Kingsman Society. And top to bottom, did not enjoy that movie. Finished it out of spite, I guess, but it is, I mean, personally, it's terrible. And I was wondering what your opinion on that movie was, because I know what we've discussed it before. So anyway, love you. Mean it, bye. I couldn't disagree more strongly. <laughs> I loved that film. I enjoyed it. Like I said, to me, the first half was a little slow, and then it picked up in the second half of the film. But I, I in all, I liked the movie. See, I didn't find it slow at all. Hmm. I thought it top to bottom for me, it was awesome and i thought so because of the very fact that he's complaining about which is they didn't try to make it similar to those first two films it was a very different film and very much its own pace its own styling its own point of view it wasn't a bond movie it was much more like a rudyard kipling story or some historical epic that then had aspects of spy technology and stuff in it the way they weaved actual world history into yeah, that story world leaders and world events yeah fascinating yeah. to me ray fines was amazing in my opinion uh reese fons who played rasputin it was just a, yeah. a movie stealing performance yes and the, the the parent in me related to so much of what was going on in that storyline i don't know if our caller has kids or not yeah. but as a parent it really took on a whole nother level to me no, as well i felt that as well yeah so um boy did i enjoy it and i think because it was not what i expected it was very different from the first two kingsman films which makes sense I mean, why do you tell that story if you're going to just do another installment of the franchise right. you've already established do another one of those with taron egerton if that's the case and i believe they're going, they're going to. to but i want to see them do another one in this line I too, too especially the way they ended it with the setup of like balancing the left and the right with the two world leaders i want to see aaron uh, something something <laughs> quicksilver i want to see him yeah. uh, uh 
pick up the mantle. Yeah. And I love, um, um, oh, who's the Bond girl that was in it? Oh, oh I played Polly, the uh, the nanny. Oh, um, I, fuck, I don't know. Gemma Arterton. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Jamin Hunsu was great. Yeah. I mean, that whole lineup. And you got Stanley Tucci in there. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a really cool cast. So I hope to see more. So we have to agree to disagree on this one because I'm right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Just saying. I, I enjoyed it. I'm, but I'm right. Okay, what you're I'm right. Saying. Fine, be right. Yesterday we were talking about Midnight Smoke and his thruple. Mm-hmm. Molly called in asking about it. A lot of people, when she brought it up from uh, Monday's flashback episode, were curious. So Steve called in with an update. Hey, Ralph, Eddie, Steve. It's, it's Steve, Midnight Smoke from Buffalo. <laughs> I'm listening to Tuesday's episode, and yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, Give you a little bit more information since Molly called asking about our throuple and stuff here in Buffalo. Um, everything's going good. The pandemic, yeah, was a little crazy. Um, I still worked throughout the pandemic, so I wasn't always there. <laughs> but no, uh, we're really close. All of us always have been. Uh, communication's key. It, obviously, things get a little stressful, but it does in every relationship. And it's all about communication and being there for each other. Um, I suffer from depression a lot, as do most people, including my two partners as well. Um, and they help pull me out of that, as I do them. I mean, it's all it's all working together, you know. And then we're, we're all in this together. We're all in love. So it, it just worked out really well. Uh, their daughter is doing really great. Um, she is homeschooled and is kicking butt in all her classes. And uh, the family life's going good. The house is getting worked on that we're in right now. We're starting our own farm, and I'm starting a podcast studio in my backyard. So all good stuff from the the smoke den. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> all right. Just want to give you guys a quick little update. Uh, love the Garmy so much. You guys are amazing. Ralph, Eddie, Steve, thank you guys for everything you do. LMB. So there you go. The Buffalo Thruple still thriving. That's awesome. The, the, the Thruffalo. Thruffalo? That's what I call them. Buffalo thruples, the thruffalo. <laughs> Three people in a relationship still boggles my mind. It's Not hard. because it's... I can't imagine two bisexual men and a woman in a relationship. No. I can imagine that all day long. But you did that in the sink yesterday. I did. Before I put out the fire. <laughs> I could have put it out with my, my penis. Um, but just the, the the dynamics, the relationship dynamics. Three people, that. yeah. That's, it's hard to navigate a relationship with two people. I can't imagine three. God bless you, kids. All right, from time to time, I like to answer your questions when you want to know where something came from. Hey, Ralph, this is Brian, two-star from Pittsburgh. My kids have a question for where did it come from. They want to know... Where did the phrase or saying, cry me a river, originate from? Love you, mean it, bye. Oh, cry me a river. We've all heard that before. Talking to somebody to go pound sand. You don't want to hear their sob story. I've been told that several times. I bet you have. (laughs) Where does that come from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Ah! How appropriate that this question should be asked on a one-hit wonder Wednesday because this is a rare musical origin for a phrase or idiom. Cry Me a River was actually the title of a very popular torch song written by a guy named Arthur Hamilton in the early 1950s. It was written for a movie and didn't appear in that film, but a, uh, a woman actress singer named Julie London reached out to Hamilton because they had gone to high school together. And she said that her husband was directing a film and was looking for new songs for the soundtrack. Her husband at the time, by the way, things come full circle here on the Ralph Report, 
Jack Webb, TV's Joe oh, Friday, wow. was the director of that film. It was called Pete's Kelly's Blues, and Ella Fitzgerald was supposed to sing the song, but she never did. So Julie London, who was Jack Webb's wife at the time, they later divorced, and he still had a good relationship with her. He put her in emergency. She was Dixie in the uh, emergency room of that TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, she took it, and she cut a, a version of it and released it, and it became a top 10 hit in 1955. It's called Cry Me a River, and the song became so popular. The premise of the song is some guy left this girl, and now he's coming back saying he's lonely and he misses her. And she's like, cry me a river. Now you say you're lonely. You cry the long night through. Well, you can cry me a river. Cry me a river. I cried a river over you. And so the song kind of faded into history, but the phrase lived on. And hmm. People still tell people to cry them a river. <laughs> cry me a river. Easy. Easy. This phone call represents many that I got on the Ralph Report hotline. Yeah. Hey, Ralph the Wise, Yoho Odigahuff, and What It Do Crew. This is One Star General Seth. I'm sure you'll probably get a few calls for this one. But Many. Could we please get an Eddie's drunk thoughts when Eddie was bitching about the expensive food for his wife's birthday? <laughs> yeah. Right, that's my suggestion. Yeah. Love you. Mean yeah. it. Bye. Yeah. Cheap Eddie Pence went to a nice restaurant the other day and was bitching and moaning about the food and the prices. And the only thing that makes Eddie better is when we make him drunk. Since he doesn't drink, we like to fuck with him from time to time and uh, give you a sound of what it would be like if Eddie Pence was drunk at the bar and I was talking to him and he was complaining about his recent restaurant trip. Uh, fair warning, this is a little long. Yeah. Maybe one of the longest drunk Eddies we've ever done. But I just couldn't find a place to cut it. It was just all so sweet to me. So here are today's Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. I can't see that close-up. something a foot from your face. It's gross. Eddie's Drunk Thoughts. I'm fine. Yeah, my teeth are working. The tomahawk steak at the oh, restaurant tomahawk. was $195. Uh, was it Wagyu? I don't. I didn't. Re I didn't look past one hundred ninety-five dollars. Must see what been, type of must meat have been Wagyu or Prime or something like that. Must have been. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know how big a tomahawk is. You, you're paying for the fucking bone. You feed a family you're, off you're, the tomahawk. You're paying the bone for the bone. That's <laughs> what you're paying for. It's not the first time you paid for a bone. Hey oh. <laughs> You're paying for the weight of that fucking bone. <sighs> if you took the bone off, it wouldn't be as much. My God. Well, you didn't even get it. So what are you crying about? I'm paying $195 for a fucking steak. <laughs> That's insanity. You're quite the date. Crazy. No, no, you're not getting that. No. no. Happy birthday. You're not getting that either. You can have some water and see if they have any broth. We will split a salad. We're gonna have a broth with two straws, please. Oh, she some got lukewarm tap water. And if you have any of those after dinner mints there at the uh, at the, the
the check-in stand. We'll take, take those pocket full for dessert. She had what she she what she got what she wanted, <laughs> and they had like this bone thing where you break off the marrow and you scoop it into the oh, sauce, and man. and then you do a shot through the bone. A shot, a shot oh, of what? I don't know what it was. Some liqueur. Oh my god! It's called the luge drink or whatever. Oh, I'm getting a Woody just hearing about it. Five dollars. <laughs> It's hardly tacked a onto the bill. It's not much of a price to pay for, for a, a shot. shot. Pour a little bit of a shot through your. Mm. Oh, that sounds so good. But it was apparently very well received by her. So that's all that matters. I can tell. That's all that matters. As he goes on and on. I got the half chicken for twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> chicken. This place probably had some of the most exotic, interesting culinary oh. treats you could get on a menu. You got to have a roasted chicken. <laughs> and fucking Kenny Rogers. It came with mushrooms. I was kind of disappointed. Oh, I didn't eat the mushroom. <laughs> oh, man. You are a prince. <laughs> and, you know, we play upbeat music for you every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. We call those our happy hits. And from Vegas called in, I got to tell you something. I love to teach the Garmin new stuff. Yeah. I love sharing facts. You do, yes. I love it even more when I get taught something. Mm. Annie introduced me to a song that I never heard of before, and I can't believe I've never heard of it. Hi, Ralph. This is Anne from Las Vegas, uh, four-star general. Um, I have a happy hit that young rockabilly Ralph would probably like. It's called Baby Do the Philly Dog. It's by the Olympics, who were in L.A. rhythm and blues bands from the 50s and 60s. Uh, this song came out in 1966, and to me it sounds like rhythm and blues mixed with 60s go-go, and it makes me want to get up and dance, and I would be willing to bet it would make me want to dance, too. So, thanks. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye. I love 60s soul music. Yeah. And this song is about doing a dance from Philadelphia. And how did you not know Called about the this? Philly Dog. And I've never heard this song before. How? I have no idea. Weird. But it makes me angry. It should be. Here's today's happy hit.
Come on. You have a new ringtone now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I might have to get a second jacket. <laughs> the Philly dog. The Philly dog on the back of it. <laughs> Well, that should be your name on the front of the Magic Man jacket, just Philly Dog. I can't be the Magic Machine and the Philly Dog at the same time. I need two jackets. And thank you so much for introducing me to that song, today's happy hit. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You, too, can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment, but in order for that to happen, you must call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to find out who passed away on this day, February 23rd in history. We look back and pay tribute to their lives and legacies in Hello, Death. Yay! Oh, that's not <laughs> that's right. That's an awful that's, thing. That was the wrong button. To play for Hello, Death. I played Death. the wrong button. Yay. I meant to push, push this button. We're celebrating them. It's okay. That's not... Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garman will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. On February 23rd in the year 155, Polycarp died. Polycarp? Polycarp, yes. The person? Yes, disciple of the Apostle John. Ah. Was spreading. There was a John and a Polycarp at the same time. Well, John was one of the 12 apostles. Yeah, but that's a normal name. And then after Jesus passed, John carried on spreading the word of the gospel. And Polycarp? And Polycarp became his disciple. Not a last name. That's first. It name. was a whole name. A just, whole name. Just like Elvis or, or Madonna or Cher. He was just Polycarp. Polycarp. <laughs> he was burned at the stake. Yeah. For an evil name. No, because he was still preaching the word of Jesus and they didn't want to hear that. Just lie and say, I don't know who Jesus was. So he died a martyr. That's not how it works, man. That's, that's how not, I would do it. Well, you are not. Spread the word. You get caught like, I don't know what you're talking that's about. That's why you're not a saint. He died a martyr. He was bound and burned at the stake. This is the first time I heard of Polycarp. But. Not well done. The fire failed to consume his body. It was a miracle. Oh. Because of God. I bet, yes. So then they stabbed him to death. Probably Ralph Garman was around to save him. (laughs) They stabbed him to death. (laughs) He wouldn't burn, so they stabbed him? Yes. Where's God on the stabbing? I was wondering that too. (laughs) You know what I miss? Miracles. It seemed like there was a ton of them back in the so day. So many. So many miracles. When there was no recording devices. And then lately, just seems like miracles have dropped right off. No miracles. I don't know what's going on, but if you looked at a chart, a miracle chart, oh. 
I think we would be at the bottom of yeah. the chart these days. Big and it cliff. used to be in the early uh, part of uh, AD. Yeah. Like five a day would happen. Tons of miracles. Whatever happened to the miracles? I don't know. Uh, John Keats died on this day in 1821. One of the great English romantic poets died of tuberculosis at the age of 25. That sucks. Very much so. And his work was so powerful, they're still talking about it today. He was part of the second generation of romantic poets, along with Lord Byron and Percy Shelley. Uh, What's of all his famous, Mm. famous poems, Eddie Pence, what would you say your favorite one is? Uh Tie the velvet rope around the base of the shaft. Nope, that's not a. That's, that's not, a, not a poem. That's not a poem. That's an instruction that you gave someone once. I'm guessing. Uh, his uh, best known poems: "Ode to a Grecian Urn," hmm. "On the First Looking into Chapman's Homer." What? You heard me. Homer. Uh, "Ode to a Nightingale." That's that's, that's one, something. That's one of the that big drops ones. the panties. Fade far and away. Dissolve and quite forget what thou among the leaves hast never known, the weariness, the fever, and the fret. Here, where men sit and hear each other groan, where palsy shakes a few sad last gray hairs, where youth grows pale and specter thin and dies. Tieth thine velvet rope. No. It's no around thine base No of velvet shaft. ropes. 1848, John Quincy Adams, the sixth president of the United States, died of a stroke. At the age of 80, how do you live to be 80 in the 19th century? I don't know. And then get, get it by a stroke. That's man. crazy. Mm. Uh, 1855, Carl Friedrich Gauss, one of the great mathematicians of all time, died on this day. 1903, another great German, Friedrich Grutzmacher, died at the age of 70, a famous composer and cellist. Man, those Germans, they do good stuff. You know, the Germans always make good stuff. That's right. A lot of Friedrichs. Well, that's a popular name. <laughs> Nellie Melba died on this day in 1931. Melba? Yes. We've talked about her the on the show. Melba? Yes. Is that what it was? She was the Australian operatic, uh, operatic soprano who had the Peach Melba and Melba Toast oh, that's right. named after yeah, her. Yeah. 1934, Edward Elgar, English composer, died on this day of colorectal cancer. Oh, that sucks. At the age of 76. A lot of uh, famous pieces he wrote. This one probably most famous. You probably hear it every summer. Macho Man's theme song. No, it's Pomp and Circumstance played at graduations or whenever Macho Man came to the ring. Oh, my God. 1944, Leo Bakeland died. Belgian-American chemist and inventor of Bakelite plastics. He invented the first inexpensive, non-flammable plastics that was used in uh, cookingware. Oh, that's good. In the 1930s and 40s. And uh, probably uh, gave us all cancer. But probably. He but. Was, he was, his heart was in the right place at the time. 1957, John Friend Mahoney. Dr. Mahoney was the physician who pioneered the treatment of syphilis with penicillin. Mm. Good for him. Yeah. I'm allergic to penicillin. Me too. Really? Yeah. So I How about that? I guess my syphilis is just going to run rampant. <laughs> they must have other antibiotics. I right? have to, right? I would think I've so. I've never had syphilis, so I don't know. Well. Do they? Play your cards right. <laughs> Could be yours. Uh, 1973, another great physician. Dickinson Richards. <laughs> Dickinson Richards is his name? You heard me. Fuck. Dickinson Richards. What the fuck is wrong with these parents? Was the physician who developed uh, the catheterization of uh, cardiac 
uh, diseases. So putting stents in and things yeah. like that into your yeah, heart, yeah. he invented that. Saved a lot of lives. Pretty cool. Stuart Berger, another doctor, died on this day in 1994. He was a con artist, even though he was an actual MD. He authored a book uh, about how to lose weight. He was a six foot seven guy. One time he weighed over 400 pounds, Ooh. got down to 210. That's and skinny he, for six, seven. He released Jesus. a book called Dr. Berger's Immune Power Diet. Oh. And he said by eliminating certain foods in your diet, you could not only lose weight, but you could improve your immunity so that you wouldn't get AIDS. <laughs> AIDS and obesity could be treated by his book that he okay. released in 1985. Sounds insane. Uh, he died on this day at the age of 40 due to cocaine abuse. Ah. So I think we found out how Dr. Berger lost all his weight. Coke. It wasn't uh, removing certain foods from his diet. <laughs> it was going on four-day vendors. Yes. Uh, 1995, James Herriot, Scottish author of All Creatures Great and Small. Great book and TV series, uh, 78 years old. Melvin Blue Franklin. One of the founding members of The Temptations. Oh, I thought that's something Melvin did to Franklin. No, Melvin Franklin. His nickname ah. was Blue in The Temptations, like the color. In 1995, he passed away. Mm. He was the base for The Temps. Another musical loss on this day in 2003, Howie Epstein, the bass player for the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, died from a drug overdose, sadly, at the age of 47. Mm. What a talented cat Damn. he was. Yeah, running down a dream that never would come to me. Great Carl Anderson died on this day in 2004, best known for his work on Broadway and in the feature film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. He played Judas in both productions and was just electric. Mm, every time I look at you, I don't understand why you let the things you did get so out of hand. You'd have managed better if you'd had it planned. No, why'd you choose such a backward time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation. Israel in for BC had no mass communication. Don't you get me wrong. 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 Don't you get me You got a point. If God sent Jesus down now with your social media and yeah. television and everything, yeah. probably get his message spread a lot quicker. Oh, real quick. Yeah. yeah. Go viral. Yeah. Instead of 12 guys hanging out at a table. In the desert. It In just the takes desert. forever. Oh, my gosh. It's a bad plan. <laughs> Lewis Gilbert, famous British movie director, producer, and screenwriter, passed away on this day in 2018. What a body of work. Not only Alfie with um, uh, Michael Caine, which I love that film. Mm -hmm. Educating Rita. Another great film with Michael Caine, Shirley Valentine. And then he directed three Bond films as well. A couple of them, well, one not so good. Moonraker was his, but I don't blame him for that. It was probably the script. Spy Who Loved Me, that's a good one. That's a good one. And one of my favorites. You are in twice. 
And in 2019, Catherine Hellman from Who's the Boss? She played Mona on that show. Also, Soap. She died at the age of 89. She was great. Very, very talented lady. She's in Brazil, too. She's great in that film. All right, you know, we do at this point, we find someone who passed away, and we run it past Eddie Pence, seeing if it's something that he would be... Oh, we didn't talk about the food part of it. I guess I should mention that. I don't think I'm going to eat this person. (laughs) Well, you might. Given your love for this person... put him in my ass, though. You might want to devour them (laughs) so you could have their talent. Oh. Um, we talk about someone who died on this day and a food related ah, to that person. And then we run it past Daddy Pence, see if it's something he'd be willing to eat or, as he mentioned, stick up his ass and then pull out. <laughs> we talk about the food, then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If the reels go round and round and then they match. Jackpot. That means Eddie's eaten. If they do, if they, if the, what? what? If they don't match. <laughs> it's not that hard to say. I'm surprised no, I, I screwed that up. Shocked. Then uh, it means he's not going to eat. No. All right. Let's talk about today's person who passed and okay. the food that they loved. Okay. Stan Laurel. Oh, okay. Stan Laurel, famous British comedian, of course, half of Laurel and Hardy. Name my dog after him. Died on this day at the age of 74 in the year 1965. <laughs> I know you're a huge Laurel and Hardy. I'm a fan, fan of Laurel and Hardy. Yes. You love them so I much. I do enjoy them. I would movies. have to say they're probably comic heroes of yours. Well, I, I enjoy what they did. Yeah. So if Stan Laurel had a favorite food, I'm assuming you too would want to eat what Possibly. Stan Laurel ate because you want to be just like yeah. Stan Laurel. I'm a big fan of Chaplin. He liked liver. So oh, well then we're in trouble. <laughs> Laurel's daughter Lois was asked about Stan and Ollie's favorite foods, uh-huh. and she said regarding her father. Liver, bacon, and onions. I'm they quite, all ate liver back then. I'm quite fond of this dish, too, but only if it's cooked <laughs> right, she said. Most cooks destroy it in any one of a dozen ways. The first important point is that you must use young calves' liver, not oh. old ox liver. Second, you should barely cook it. Most cooks like to fry liver until it's tough, grainy, and dry, but just a few minutes on high heat Still one of the thumping. is all it takes. Liver, bacon, and onions... I got to tell you, the best liver bacon onions I ever had, and this is where Chaplin used to eat yeah. it. Yeah. Was at Musso and Frank right. in Hollywood. Yeah, I know. It's still on the menu. I've been there. I've seen it. Great. Let's go and <laughs> let's go order up a couple well, a couple dishes. Stan and Chaplin used to tour together. Oh. So they probably had that meal a lot together. Two great comic minds. Yes. I would think you would like to replicate everything that they do so you too <laughs> could be known as one of the great comic minds. And with that assuredness, I pull the handle of the Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. One liver, two livers. Yeah, of no, course. No, of course fuck not. that. Of course Gross. not. Yeah. Especially with practically raw liver. Oh, it's Come on. so tender. Because <laughs> it's not cooked. And with the bacon and the onions. Bacon? I'll eat the bacon. Oh, my God. Just you got to keep it away from the liver. Have you ever even tried it? I've tried liver. You have? From the turkey. Because when you take the, all the parts out and you fry them up, yeah, I've had a piece of liver. Yeah, it's fucking gross. It's not it's super chewy. It's not. That's it. it. Then you didn't cook it right. Oh no, that's not the the kitten way. The, the, the heart's chewy because it's just big muscle. It the liver's like it's like pasty. It's like a paste. It's not like paste. smears it's like tender. a paste. It's tender. No, it's gross. You and I are going to go to Musso and Frank. I'm going to buy you <laughs> Get some liver. Chaplin special. We're going to sit at Chaplin's table. And we'll wear little Hitler mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go over well. Oh, wait a minute. That'll look really good. I think those have gone out of fashion. <laughs> All right, maybe not, but still. No. That's it for today's Hello Death. Hello Death. You're dead now. 
So shut up. Time now to take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment I call the show Biz Beats. Well, it's official. How you doing? Better than you, Wendy Williams. Oh. Her TV show has officially ended. Oh. The Wendy Williams show is no more. Mm. It will now be called Sherry. Now that Sherry Shepard is taking over as the host of that okay. show. Brand new show, they claim, just in the same time slot and the same syndication deal as the Wendy Williams show. So she was uh, guest hosting right. anyway. So, so I what, guess we all saw this writing on the wall. What's really going on with Wendy Williams? Like They keep claiming health problems. Yeah. I have no reason to think otherwise, huh. but she must be really sick. Well, I hope she's not like dying. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I terrible, do too. I hope now that she doesn't have a show, she makes a full recovery and lives a long, happy right. life. She just goes nowhere near TV. Just again. not on television. Just no one puts a camera on her. <laughs> but I want her to be long. Yes. Live. Live long and prosper. Yes. In the words of Mr. Spock. Tom Holland reveals a secret about Spider-Man's No Way Out. Or no way, no way home. No way home. Or no way, Jose. Nope, no Spider-Man, way no way, Jose, is what they call it in Mexico, <laughs> I believe. Spider-Man, no way home. One of the three Spider-Men. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but it has been confirmed by Tom Holland. Yeah. One of the three Spider-Men wears a fake butt in his suit. Oh, really? Yes. I want to say Garfield. Guessing one of them has a flat butt. It's in Garfield. I gotta think. I think because he's so tall and slender. You think? Thinking he's got no butt. I'm thinking uh, Maguire. Toby? Hmm. Because, you know, Maguire's 46. Yeah, you do start to sag. Once you get older, your yeah. butt starts to go south. That could happen. And so you don't get that tight, spidey butt that everyone goes to the movies <laughs> for. So I'm guessing. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Holland won't confirm or deny which Spider-Man had the fake butt. And maybe it's Tom Holland. Maybe he has be. no butt. We I mean, know. it should be if he's spilling secrets. So uh, we have to go back now to the theaters and gonna, stare at their butts. We have to pause it on their butts. See if we can find out who's got the fake butt. <laughs> this is not the first fake butt in Marvel history, by the way. Oh, really? You who else had one? Um, Paul Bettany. Oh, for Vision? As the Vision. Wow. Didn't have enough butt for Viz. Well, you know, he's, a, he's an android, so he's got to have a perfect body. A perfect. He's got a perfect ass. He needs one of those sweet, sweet robot asses <laughs> that we all love so much. So uh, mm. there you go. There's your Good to know. Marvel update. Thank you. On fake butts. Appreciate it. Speaking of Andrew Garfield, yeah. he was recently on the Graham Norton show, which is a great talk show there in the UK, talking about his uh, eyes of Tammy Faye and all of his other projects. But of course, Spider-Man came up mm -hmm. and they were asking about the other Spider-Men and he started to gush about Tobey Maguire. He was a huge Tobey Maguire fan oh, he when was. he was young. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's funny, you, you forget these movie stars. Everybody starts out as a fan before they become yes. a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just went on and on about how he used to look in the mirror and try to replicate Tobey Maguire's <laughs> Spider-Man performance. But he's my Spider-Man, so it's <clears> like, you know, I, I would practice his lines in the mirror when I was at drama school. Like, I was very high at the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> my, friend, my friend Terry McGinnis, who, and he would, he would crack up and he would look at me like, yeah, you'll never play Spider-Man, Andy. And, uh, and, then, and then here we are. And, uh... So there you go, kids. Wow, it's crazy. Nothing's impossible. Dream your dreams. Dream Anything em. can happen. And speaking of superheroes, I'm very excited about the merch that's starting to come out for the Batman movie. Oh, yeah. We're just mere days away yeah, from about a week, uh, right? Robert Pattinson taking on the mantle of the Caped Crusader. Yeah. 
they're releasing some merch and I'm just saying my birthday, you know, it's not around the corner, but it's going to come again. It's like seven months away. But I know how you like to shop early. <laughs> I know you're the guy who's buying Christmas presents now for That's your true. kid. I am. So it wouldn't be beyond you to buy me a, well, a birthday or Christmas present. I see something that strikes I'm, me. Well, I'm helping you. Oh. You don't have to see something. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you tell what you what can see. A brand new watch from Ooh. Cross Studio Ooh. is being sold. It is a tourbillon watch. I don't know what that means. Torbion is a, uh, it's a little mechanical, uh, I want to say mechanism. Okay. That, a lot of gears. That it's a, it's a little rotating. It's like almost like a, um, what do you call those things that? that gears? Rotate? No. Um, <laughs> you know, it keeps everything in balance. Okay. Come on, you know the thing I'm talking about. Gyroscope. Okay, gyroscope. Um, and it, it combats the effect of gravity on the watch's accuracy, so it keeps oh, it yeah. super accurate. Okay, good. This watch also is designed to look like the bat signal, hmm. and you get a special bat signal piece of art to go along with it. Oh. It's about a 13-inch tall replica of the bat signal from the movie that also lights up. Oh. It comes with interchangeable wrist straps, it is, they say, one of the finest timepieces this Swiss watchmaker has ever made. It's the low, low price. So I would like you just, to, don't <laughs> worry so much about the price. Okay. Just put it on the list All right. for when November or December rolls right. around or whenever the gift giving season is. I start is. saving now? I would. Okay. What do you think uh, they're charging you for the- For that uh, piece of watch? For the Batman limited edition Tourbillon watch. Oh. It's uh, they're only making ten of them, by the they're way. They're only making ten of them. See if that adds to uh, well, the like interest a, at all. A low-end Rolex is like five grand, right? Yes, it would be. Yes. So I'm going to say this is probably this is not be. low end. No, this no. is ten thousand dollars. One hundred thousand. Fuck that, and you're never getting it. One hundred thousand dollars. I'll get you a picture of it. One hundred. That's. $1,000. It should come with an actual bat signal. Did I mention it that comes... That calls the actual Batman to your house. With a 13-inch piece of art with it? That's fucking stupid. Come on. I'll what? get you a tomahawk steak. What's 100 grand I'll you that to one. a guy like you? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Big bucks. Insane. Today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on February 23rd. Guitarist Brad Whitford. Not Bradley Whitford from the West Wing, but Brad Whitford of Aerosmith. He's 70 years old today. Dream Patricia Richardson, Tim Allen's wife on Home Improvement is 71. Kristen Davis, star of Sex and the City, and now its sequel as well, is 57. Guitarist, guitarist, not guitarist, guitarist, keyboardist, Lasse Johansson of the Cardigans is 49. Mark Price, who played Skippy on Family yeah, Ties. I'm friends with Mark. What the what? Yeah, he's a nice dude. You, what? Yeah, I know you Mark. know Skippy? I've known Mark forever. Wow. He's a nice guy. You're Corey. like a real-life Alex P. Keaton. I really am. You're, you're good friends with Skippy. Ultra conservative. Uh, 54 years old today. Kelly McDonald, lovely and talented actress from Boardwalk Empire, 46. 
Robert Lopez, half of the songwriting super team for Disney that created Frozen and so many other hits, 47 years old today. Speaking of Frozen, mm -hmm. Frozen star Josh Gad, who of course played Olaf the uh, Snowman. Yeah. Yeah, 41 yeah. years old today. It's only 41. Bees the buzz. Kids will blow dandelion fuzz. And I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. You have to remember, he became a big star when he was a kid. Yeah, that's right. Because he was on Broadway in Book of Mormon. Right. And that's how his career started. I feel like he's been around forever. There was a great series on FX. only lasted one season with him and Billy Crystal, of all weird teams. It was called The Comedians. And they played oh, I remember that. versions of themselves yeah. teaming up to star on a TV show. Yeah. And it was like a behind the scenes parody of the yeah. television industry. And they were terrific in I it. I can imagine that would have been good. And it, uh, no one watched oh, it. Went away. Bad. Sad. Niecy Nash, very funny Niecy Nash from Reno 911, 52 years old. Dakota Fanning is 28. Howard Jones is 67. Aziz Ansari from Parks and Rec is 39. Emily Blunt from A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. Shh, and A Quiet Place 3. Hey, seriously, shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's 39 years old today. And bassist Jeff Barris of Sister Hazel, 51. Hard to say what it is I see. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time for us to turn our attention across the pond to our correspondent there in the UK. It's Steve Ashton's UK Update. Oh, Steve. 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 Steve Ashton. Oh, Ralph, you're so warm and friendly. You know, you make Jason Sudeikis look like Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> He's not cuddly, is he? No. Hey, look, I was very intrigued interested and everything to hear about edwin's fine dining experience <laughs> i bet you were he doesn't get it does he the old fine dining taking edwin to a fine dining restaurant it's like taking an alsatian to the opera <laughs> <laughs> or it's like taking edwin to the opera <laughs> Good don't point. write in it's done with love i'm only teasing hey Paul, I wrote everything ever. McCartney's in the news. <laughs> What's up with old Macca? He's headlining the Glastonbury Festival this year. So that's a treat. Uh, with the upcoming festival taking place just a week after his 80th birthday, so Paul will be the oldest ever star to headline the event. Now, Paul will follow Noel Gallagher on the main stage on Saturday, June 25th, and is determined to put on a hell of a show. Now, Glastonbury is famous for being one of the longest running festivals because it predates things like Coachella and all those, the big ones you guys have. The first festival was actually held the day after Jimi Hendrix died in 1970 and headlining that year with the Kinks and an early version of T-Rex with, of course, Mark Boland. Uh, the admission price was one pound and that included free milk from the Evis farm there, which is really good because these days, 
it's like a hip, big hipster corporate gig um, where the admission includes having to mix with hipsters and office workers who think they're cool, staying in a luxury glamping yurt, drinking rosé and buying shit coke. <laughs> it's not like when I went. For the first and only time I went is 1982 when I was 11, where I had my first spliff and fell into our campfire because I was hammered on scrumpy cider. <laughs> That's all true, and it's been downhill uh, ever since. Now, the campsite at the time when I went resembled the inside of a prison cell where the inhabitant had been conducting a dirty protest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Paul's screeching, get back various Beatles songs, sounding like Susan Collins doing karaoke. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> His voice, though, is absolutely shot now, and he's nearly 80, and with because of all that shrieking, and he does really sing, I used to sing really powerfully, it's wrecked his vocal cords. Although I will be watching and reporting uh, when that when the time comes in uh, in summertime. But um, hey, listen, mumbling curmudgeon Harrison Ford is in the news. <laughs> What's up with Harry? He saved a crew member's life on the set of Indiana Jones Five last week. Um, who was in the midst of a suspected heart attack. Now, the reason I'm reporting on this is because cameras are rolling on the final scenes of the film at Pinewood Studios here in the UK. When a medical emergency occurred, um, all of a sudden, apparently, a male member crew collapsed. And Harrison Ford, the star, of course, was standing just yards away and yelled for a medic, saying, get me a medic quick. Now, a source on the production said there was a huge amount of panic when the incident occurred, and the on-site first aider did CPR while they waited for an air ambulance. So, Indy, saving lives there. That's pretty good. Just just out of curiosity, Ralph, um, he shouted, get me a medic quick. How may how might that have sounded? Uh, give me a medic quick. I, I think that sounds probably very accurate. Hopefully there were lots of people stood next to him and they could hear his fucking mumbling. Anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph. Um, as things get difficult, of course, between the, re- the West and Russia over Ukraine, it's a very troubling situation. Um, uh, I'm, look, I'm trying to do my bit. I'm, I'm helping a number of people get out of the country. Um, females aged between 20... Three and 30 uh, measurements, 36, 24, 36 with their own teeth and don't mind sharing accommodation. I know it's just a drop in the bucket, but a drop in the bucket is all I've managed for the last eight years. So I'll talk to you again on Friday. Steve will be joining us, of course, on Friday for the UK update and the video vault. But today it's Wednesday. So it's time to take a look at a one-hit wonder. It's a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. This star, well, star. This guy. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's hard Hold to it away from star. him that it's, quick. It's hard. He came out of the UK. His manager was Simon Fuller, who also managed the Spice Girls mm-hmm. and produced the hit show American Idol, of course. Started his recording career in the late 1990s. Had a smash hit single, both in the United Kingdom and here in the United States, where it really was a hit was in Canada. It reached number two on the singles charts there in Canada. The year was 1996. I had forgotten this song existed. I love it when people will call in and ask for a one-hit wonder, and I call those the uh, the Oh Yeah songs, because you're like, Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Hi, Ralph. Hi, um, Odie, and um, hello, Steve, my fellow um, UK man. Uh, this is Craig calling from the UK, One Star General. Okay, so I've got a very obscure one-hit wonder. I saw the video for this 
probably years and years ago. And um, I even heard the song a couple of times and never heard it again. The song is Are You Jimmy Ray by Jimmy Ray. Never heard them since. Never had anything to do with them since. So, yeah, that's my pick. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Do you remember Jimmy Ray? No. Jimmy Ray was a long line of people since Elvis who were called the next Elvis. Okay. At one point, it was going to be Chris Isaac. And yeah. then this guy came along. Ridiculous pompadour, giant belt buckle. I think I remember him. The video is him in like a trailer park and the girls playing double dutch uh, jump rope and oh, him yeah, walking yeah, around. Yeah. With, and his backup singers don't know who he is, apparently. So they keep asking him if he's <laughs> all these different Ray people. <laughs> Until he finally has to tell them he's Jimmy Ray. It was a white hot song for about five minutes. And I forgot it existed until today's request. Here it is. Are you Jimmy Ray? Well. Well. No one really wanted to know wow. about him. It's a terrible song. It's an awful song. Awful, awful song. And it was everywhere for a minute. Yeah. And then he followed it up with another song called Going to Vegas. Oh, but that's in good. 1998 <laughs> that no one listened to. <laughs> and he went on tour with the Backstreet Boys. He opened for them in the summer of 98. He did a third promotional single called I Got Rolled. That got even less airplay. Oh, Jesus. So uh, Jimmy Ray faded into oh. obscurity after... Are You Jimmy Ray? He did try a comeback in oh, 2017. Wow. He released a new album called Live to Fight Another Day. And in true Bobby Boris Pickett fashion, <laughs> no. he re-recorded oh, no. Are You Jimmy oh, Ray? No. Focusing more on the, uh, the not the, the hook, but the lyrics, Who Wants to Know? He had the balls to oh. re-release this song. Here is his new version called Who Wants to Know?
once again, the world wow. answered, no one. Who wants to know about me? Did, did Jimmy Ray really think, you know what the problem was? I didn't lean hard enough into the Elvis thing. <laughs> I, that's the reason I didn't stick around. I didn't go oh. more Elvis. Let me do it again in 2017 <laughs> and try to, to really wow. Elvis it up. 20 years later. Damn. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, he had a moment in the sun. I kind of feel sorry for Jimmy Ray. Yeah, I guess. But. Yeah, he had his moment. At least he was a one-hit wonder. Right? It's a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. That's it for today's show, kids. Why don't you join us tomorrow for a Thursday show, Ralph Sex University. Uh, more of you guys, more of us, more of everything. A <laughs> uh, little programming note, by the way. If you're a four-star general, Thursday night is the night to watch us record the Friday show. If you want to stop by and watch us via Crowdcast, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? I think so. I think so, too. Also, Saturday, this Saturday, if you'd like to see Kevin Smith and myself, Hollywood Babylon taking the stage at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank this Saturday, February 26th. Tickets available at the Flappers Comedy Club website. Nice. And if you're in San Luis Obispo, I'll be at the San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival all weekend. So, so there you go. So all many the information options. that you need. Before I say goodbye, kids, I have some more information for you, and it kind of breaks my heart to give it to you. But you remember all week we've been raising money for Melissa and Louie's family and uh, their son, James Cash. Um, Louie is the Garmy member who had terminal lung cancer at the age of 38. And uh, we, uh, we did a great job raising money for their GoFundMe page. Um, Melissa has reached out with a message of thanks to the Garmy. But sadly, it's also a sad message as well because uh, Louie has passed. And um, I got to tell you, this news hit me harder than I expected. Mm. I didn't know Louis, but he was one of us. And uh, I am saddened by his passing, and I, I get the sense the world is a, a poorer place, the fact that he's no longer with us. Yeah. But Melissa put together this really beautiful, touching message for you guys, and uh, I wanted to play it for you. Hello, Ralph, Eddie, and the crew. This is... Um... Melissa Sabeta, one-star general from Silmar here in the San Fernando Valley. Um, it has been very extremely hard and emotional week for us. Um, I have been unable to tune into your podcast since you last played our request for Song of the Day. This past Friday, when I saw the email stating that you had chosen to share our GoFundMe for your latest Ralphle, um, instead of emailing you, I felt that I needed to call in this time to share um, our heartbreaking news. My beloved husband, Louis, went peacefully, surrounded by myself and his immediate family. As I held his hand while he took his last breaths, I told him that we would be okay and that I would take it from here, but that he had a promise to always watch over our little bear, our beautiful son, James Cash. His passing happened so suddenly, and I'm just so grateful that I was able to get him home in time to fulfill his last request. My husband was the most amazing man and the best daddy ever to our little bear. He left us far too soon, only 38 years old, and will be forever young. It has been extremely hard for me to process it all and to begin to even grieve this tremendous loss. We had so many plans that will never be fulfilled. We were supposed to grow old together. My heart aches so much for our little bear and having to hear him say that he misses his daddy 
just continues to break what little is left of me. And I hope that I can help him know just how much his daddy loved him by keeping his memory alive. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you so much to you and to the Garmi for their extreme generosity. The support we have been shown is overwhelming and such a blessing, even though I wish with all my heart the circumstances weren't what they are. I know I have a long, hard journey ahead of me, and I will continue taking it one day at a time, putting one foot in front of the other, because really, what other choice do I have? Life is so unpredictable, so fragile, and at times so completely and utterly unfair. Please, Garmin, take the time to tell those you love how you feel. That was something Louie and I made sure of doing every single chance we got. Thank you again, Ralph, for all your help. I am forever grateful. LMB. Thank you, Melissa, for sharing that with us. Wow. And um, <clears throat> let's all try to honor uh, Melissa's request in honor of, of Louie's life that uh, don't let the people in your life that you love go without knowing how much you feel about them. So uh, share that, won't you? Um, I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, love you. Mean it. Bye. 